1: Go to Shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
0: Come on, let's work. Come on, let's work. Come on, let's work. Come on, Come on. You can wish for it or you can work for it. You gotta work for greatness. If you ain't working,
2: you should be working. Come on, let's work.
0: These are the Confessions of a
2: Workaholic.
0: Workaholic. 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 Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Corielle, and you are totally in for a treat because this week's episode is featuring one of my favorite, most fierce boss babes. This episode of Confessions is brought to you by Work. Pray, Slay Weekend, which is a four-day women's empowerment conference for women who are ready to win. For information on how you can attend the biggest and best women's weekend of the year, log on to WorkPraySlay.com. So let's get into it. Today, we are talking to Alicia Reese. She's the Chief Brand Strategist of 360 Gateway Brands and Strategic Marketing Director of Daya by Zendaya. Alicia, specializes in the development of brand identity, strategy, and execution. As a media personality, certified professional speaker, and humanitarian, her first love is the stage. She's worked with Progressive, UPS, BET, Grey Goose, Vogue, Verizon, and several other corporations. Alicia believes beyond empowerment, it is necessary to properly equip all people to succeed, and she's literally made it her lifelong mission to do so. So, are you ready to confess? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. So I always like to start by asking what your professional background is because I always find it so interesting how our passions tend to lead us away from our profession. So what exactly did you start your career doing?
3: So I started my career in something that had absolutely nothing to do with what I wanted to do. It's just, I couldn't find a job. So (laughs) it was there. Um, I started uh, as a, what was it, an educational assessment advisor. Um, I basically worked uh, for Kaplan University, um, advising folks on how they can get through college, what they needed to do, how many credits they needed. It was very interesting work um, because I didn't like it, (laughs) but um, it showed me like, okay, if you, you know, can just
0: start, do something, you can get your foot in the door and then move elsewhere. So, so. So true, and that's you know one thing that I always advise people when they're like, "How do I discover my purpose? I don't know what my calling is." And I truly believe that it's a process. Like discovering your purpose is a process, but just getting started, just trying something, I believe will will lead you to where you are meant to be. And that can, you definitely you know can can testify to that because that is a part of your story. Um, and so, of all your titles and your roles, which would you say has been your favorite, and which prepared you the most? For your current um, career endeavors
3: so my favorite honestly is probably the one that um, i have right now so um i am the director of pr and creative marketing for soledad o'brien's power her foundation um and this one is my favorite uh simply because i told soledad three years ago when we both were speaking at a conference together I was like, you don't know it yet, but you and I are gonna work together. And she laughed, not as like to to downplay or anything, but that can be a little scary. You have this person who you've never met, you don't know from Adam, Eve, Steve, or Melissa, that they're gonna work with you. So you know, she did a little nervous laugh, and I was like, you'll see. Um, and then here we are, you know, literally I think three or four years later, and um, I'm I'm working with her, not just working with her, but I'm the director for one of, you know at one of her companies. So that, that for me is, is just amazing um, how you literally can decide what your life will be. Um, the one that prepared me the most, honestly, is being a project manager um, for an organization under the Washington Post. I had bartered with my uh, boss at the time. I reported directly into the, the COO of the organization. And I told him, I was like, hey, I notice you have a deficiency in that you never come in on time on your sprints. Eventually, that's gonna pose a problem. And for those who don't know what a sprint is, it's just like a designated period of time, a week or two weeks, where you uh, define what you'll get done as far as work is concerned in that one or two weeks and then you have to actually get it done. So create a to-do list, this is how much time it's gonna take for this to-do list, and then this is getting it done. So I noticed he wasn't doing it. So I was like, okay, how about you pay for me to become certified as a scrum master and you bring in someone to train me on project management and then I'll give you three years doing it for your team. My negotiating skills, I guess, are kinda good, he agreed. And, and that literally has been what has led to, to everything because most people have amazing ideas but don't know how to get stuff done. That one piece of, of training, that one deal that I negotiated with him literally has has been the, the foundation that has built everything else because I know how to go from ideation to execution no matter what the goals are.
0: I love it. So you said a couple things um, that I think were just so profound. First, in how you were able to literally manifest what you wanted just by speaking it into existence and then, you know, setting an intention. And I'm sure, you know, there was some work, there was a process. It was, you know, three years in the making. So it's not like you can make a wish tonight and wake up in the morning and you got a business partner, but there's so much power in number one, speaking it into existence. And then number two, to being positive throughout the process and knowing that what's for you will find you. You know, what's meant for you cannot miss you. And those you those opportunities, you literally manifested because you were intentional about it. Um, and when you are intentional about what you want, then that's how you can kind of prioritize your time and prioritize the things you're doing based on those intentions that you um, set. So I love that. And then just being willing to um, take a chance because you took a risk when you made that offer, you know, when, when you were, you know, starting to negotiate for them to um, pay for that certification, that was a risk that was stepping out on yeah. faith, that was really, you know, putting your money where your mouth is, where a lot of us And I think this is a woman problem. You know, a lot of us have like these amazing skills. We know that we are capable of, you know, offering our value to other people, but we talk ourselves out of it or we diminish, you know, our value because we don't really believe that we can charge our worth or we don't believe, you know, that we can really bring um, value to the table. So I love that you are willing to just bet on yourself and really put yourself out there. And obviously, you know, it worked out because you've been able to do so many other things from just that one um, um, experience. So I love that. Um, so you were one of our fabulous presenters at Slay Weekend last year, and you um, talked about profitable partnerships. And I had the pleasure of seeing you work in action um, in Hawaii at the ColorCom <laughs> conference. And I was telling, I don't know who I was telling about it, but hey, seeing it in real life, you know, like we talk about networking and engaging and, you know, creating these relationships, but just seeing you do it in person, in real life, I was just amazed because I'm the girl that wants to hide at the back of the room, but you were (laughs) making conversations and volunteering, you know, to answer every question. And so many of the things that we hear people saying you were actually doing it. So for people who didn't get the opportunity to hear you at workplace, say, or see you in action, what are some um, tips that you can share for really creating those profitable partnerships?
3: So the first thing I think that, uh, which is what scares most people is, is they feel like those people are out of their reach. In my mind, no one's out of my reach because we're all humans. We all have a human experience. We all go through things, good, bad, challenging, amazing, exhilarating. We all have that baseline connection in that we're humans. So I take the fear out of it because that's really what it is. It's anxiety. It's fear. It's what if they don't like me? What if they don't do this? What if they don't do that? Who cares? <laughs> so for me, it, for me, it's first off, dismiss the fear because they're humans just like you're human. And the only difference is, is they may have more connections or more zeros in front of the decimal point than you do in your account. Um, so for me, first, it's, it's dismiss that fear. And then the second thing is is I am very, very, very intentional. I usually do not make a move that hasn't been thought out at least one or two steps ahead. Um, And maybe that might be a bad thing, but for me it's work, so I'm not gonna gonna keep the party going. Um, I'm very intentional. Uh, When I go to an event, because I don't always have a lot of time, I decide before I get to the event, who I want to connect with. Um, So I'll go on the event's website, and see that, okay, such and such is a sponsor. I know I want a partnership or um, an opportunity with said company. So I'll see, okay, who are some of the people who work at that company? So literally when I get there, I already know by the time I leave this event, place or, or thing, I'm going to connect with at least this one person. And it's not always the person who's on the stage either because networking across or what seems to be across Really has been one of uh, my greatest opportunities in that don't just go sit at the table with the people you know. No, sit at the table where you know absolutely no one. And if starting conversations is tough for you, just ask simply, Hey, how'd you hear about this event? That's the easiest question on the face of the planet. And I always start with, you know, um, telling them I like something about them. So giving them a compliment. Oh, I love your hair, or I love your pants, or your shoes. And it's not a lie because I love fashion and hair and beauty as well. So it's finding something about them that you really, really like um, and then complimenting them on it. And then from there, segue into how did you hear about it? And then the same way you, you know, have a conversation with your girlfriends when you're trying to find out information about them, you do the same, th- the same thing with them. What it does is, is it, it instantly, you know, drops their defenses by you, you know, complimenting them. And then the second thing is it makes it so that they can feel how genuine you are simply because you're asking them about them. So after they answer how they find out about it, so, you know, what are you excited about learning today? Did you hear that such and such will be here? Have you ever heard her speak? Simple questions where it's once you dispel that fear, understanding that they're human just like you are it makes it so that your transition is not as rough and it's not as scary or aggravating
0: because it can be aggravating trying to network just to be honest. Listen, if y'all were not taking notes, hit the replay. Like you got to hit rewind <laughs> because that, there were so many gems there. Um, Cause so many people have this problem. Even me, like I say, you know, people never really believe me when I say I'm an introvert, but I'm not a natural socialite, right? I'm not gonna walk <laughs> in the room and make conversations with everyone, but seeing you do it um, definitely made it easier. And then giving those examples, those are really great ways to start conversations where it won't be awkward. Um, so what do you feel like is the difference between networking and actually nurturing relationships?
3: So I hate networking. I don't, I don't believe in it. And I know I just talked about how you network, but let me <laughs> explain what I mean uh, when I say I, I hate networking. Um, too many people feel as though, um, once you, once you, you network, you go to an event, when you get in there, you pass out your business card to every person in the room. Nobody in the room should leave without your business card and you've done it. You've networked. You are ready to go. You can close the business deal tomorrow. It's a no. (laughs) That's just not how it works. Um, what, what really happens is, is you have to take networking quote unquote, Beyond just the, oh, every single person now has my business card in the room. No, what real networking is, is actually building relationships. So once you've sat down, I don't even talk about how they can help me or how I wanted to partner with them or how I've already created in my head a strategy for what our three-year relationship plan could be because that's scary. That's like meeting a guy and on your first date. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, I saw us getting married, having four babies with the big house on the hill. For some women, that'll be exciting. But for most of us, mm, that's a little scary. <laughs> so what you do is is I always lead with getting to know who they are as a person, especially the higher their uh, their title is, the more contacts, plugs, and connections they have. I don't, and excuse my French, but I don't give a shit about all that when it comes to first getting to know you. Not that it does not matter, but I don't give a shit about it because I want you to know that I care about more than just your position, your title, the money, your bank account, the contacts, the plugs, and the connections you have. I care about learning who you are as a person, what drives you, what scares you, You know, what do you like to do in your free time, what is fun for you. Most people do not ask those questions. They want to know, can I get access to your contact list? Can you invite me to this event? Can you be the plug for me for this? I don't care about all that. Who are you as a person? Can I see myself having a drink with you? Can I, you know, let my hair down with you? Now, granted, I'm not trying to do that the first time we meet each other, but getting to know you, absolutely. Because that is how relationships are built. And the relationship is what gets you booked for things. Relationships is what gets you behind doors that you never imagine yourself being able to be behind relationships are what helps you carve out space in places that you never imagined yourself that you'd even be there so for me it's get to know who the person is because their title their expertise their contacts their plugs the connections that's just icing on the cake because remember everybody goes after that if you go left when everybody else is going right, then they'll carve and hold a space for you because you were different. So that's, to me, how
0: you actually build. I love it. And I actually attended a um, conference one time. And I remember like the way that she opened up the conference was saying, does anybody know how wealthy white men network? And everybody's just looking around like, no, I know what the white men in here. Well, we no. And she was like, well, they don't they do not network. They build Mm relationships. They are on the golf course. They are having a beer. They are really getting to know each other on a personal level. And then that's how they build those relationships professionally. And that to me, even though it was like a real simple concept, that was profound because so many of us are looking for how can I get my business card to everybody in the room? How can I connect with so-and-so without really thinking about connecting them on just the human level, like you said, um, versus what do you do and what can you do for me? Um, okay, so I want to switch gears a little bit. I like talking about networking, but I love talking about dating even more. Yeah. So, <laughs> have you noticed that dating gets more difficult the more successful you become? Because a lot of my listeners are working on building their businesses, and they're going to be pretty established career wise when their man comes along so dating can get a little difficult like the further you move up the ladder in your career or the more successful you become in your business so have you noticed for yourself any changes when it comes to dating um and like your success
3: so here's the thing i feel like whatever you think thoughts become things so i don't i don't even prescribe to that um people say oh my god it's so hard to find a good man i i I don't believe it (laughs) i do not invite that into my universe. For me, I'm always very clear, again, super intentional on what I want, the type of man I want, the type of industry I want him in, um, how much my desired amount for him is to make uh, what I want his vision to be for the future. And this is not like saying, oh, he has to do everything I say. It's just saying, for me, there is a set of values that I know I want. I I know I want a man who, when he thinks about the life uh, for his family, he always thinks in terms of generational wealth next you know next generation legacy building um so for me I don't think that it's harder to date I feel like you have to be more intentional about where you go to find them because they're not chilling at the club (laughs) most times they're just they're not like the club is not they seen um so what you have to do is figure out okay this is the type of man I want to date where is this particular man when I knew I wanted to date a man in tech I started going to tech events that were sponsored by, um, you know, large companies like Facebook and Google and Twitter, um, because I knew that's the type of man I wanted. I would go to events where um, executives uh, were speaking who were male that I knew, okay, this is the type of gentleman I want. So whether or not it was that particular gentleman, I knew there would be a whole host of other gentlemen who run their same type circles, so they would be there too. And again, ca- some people call it aggressive. I just call it knowing exactly what I want. Um, I'm very clear on like where I go to look for men. I don't care if you're in a small town. I don't care if you're in a big city. There are people. There are people who are running the city council. There are people who run the the dock and the harbors, who own the yachts, who um, have offices in the the big tall buildings in your city. Somebody owns it, and somebody's running it. And it may or may not be a man. And many times it is a man because women only hold 42% of executive leadership positions. So if I know that's the type of man I want, I'm going to go to where they are and make myself just available, be just as nice and kind, go sit at the bar, buy my first drink and smile and talk to people and not be so standoffish. And I know that is scary for a lot of women. So no, I don't think it's difficult.
0: Hello not at all okay then um again setting intentions knowing what you want and not settling for anything less than that and one of the things that i love about you is you are so fly in all that you do. like you you don't just talk about it you are definitely like walking it and talking it, right one thing um that we are talking about this year at WorkPrice Slay is how your image actually affects your income. Why do you think that looking the part is so important personally and professionally? Because it's just as important to look good um, when you're representing yourself for your business as it is when you're trying to represent yourself for your new pay. So why do you think just looking the part is so important?
3: I feel because people don't know, especially if they haven't Googled you, they don't know who you are outside of what they see. And for better or for worse, the first thing people go with is is how you look to them, Um, which is also why I say, you know, don't just look so great on the outside if you haven't worked on the inside, because you may look pretty before you open your mouth, but the moment you walk into a room, people, especially people who are aware and in tune with themselves, they're going to feel your energy. So for me, a part of my entire brand is that anytime I step out the house, like, to look a certain way, not just because it makes me feel good, but there is a particular uh, image that I'm 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 pushing out into the world, and I don't want them to be confused about what that is. I truly believe in you know, dress for the position you want, dress for who you know you're willing and ready to become. So for me, that's every time I step out of the house, and it doesn't have to be you know Prada Gucci, you know down to the socks. It can be something as simple as a nice Zara, you know, top with some Forever 21, you know, bangles or whatever it is, just do, for me, it's model what I know I want to be. For me, that's always Oprah. Um, People say all day long, oh, well, everybody is Oprah, but mine is Oprah with a little twist of Beyonce and just a snip, you know, just a little snippet of of Cardi B, (laughs) just a little bit, not too, not too much. Um... But model that and then figure out like what your. for me was figuring out, okay, what is my personal style? Because I want people to not only be captured when I open my mouth, but I want my image to look so, so much. Um, so in a way. that So that's, you know, I decided to start creating, you know, outfits
0: that look like that on
3: on the cheap. Like, I don't spend very much at all.
0: I'm surprised. Um, We're going to have to talk about that offline because I definitely need bugs on these budget finds because you definitely look bomb every time I see you. And that's even... kind of a secret, right, for quote-unquote networking or attending events. I really um, like to do, like, a statement piece. So fashion is not my thing. Like, I am not. I need a stylist bad. But I can can manage to find, like, a statement piece, whether it's a necklace or a bag or some fly shoes or something that, you know, I know will catch people's eye um, and will help me stand out from um, the crowd. Definitely, definitely looking the part is crucial – um, because first impressions are everything and whether you, mm-hmm. and, you know, don't judge a book by its cover or not, people are judging you on a daily basis. Um, it's <laughs> <90% laughs> based on your appearance because that's all they see. Right. Yeah. So it's so important that you, um, prioritize that as well. Um, okay. So you recently released a book, eating elephants. What is the concept behind it? And what do you want readers to walk away? Um, knowing.
3: So literally, you know how you asked in the beginning, um, what was, the, I guess, the, the most important piece of everything I've learned? Honestly, that, that um, opportunity that my boss at the time gave me to pay for my, um, my certification and, t- and taught me project management, that's what eating elephants is. Eating elephants t- shows you exactly how to go from ideation to execution, how to take your idea from your head, to put it in your hands using very very simple steps to do it in you do not have to be super smart because i'm not the smartest please don't ask me to take a test because i just don't do very well at those um you don't have to be the smartest you don't have to be super well connected i grew up off of mlk i was not born with a rolodex of people that i knew um but using the tips tools that I've, i've learned over the years and gained um i was able to build out that whole eating elephants. Eating elephants, those are your big goals, your big dreams, your big visions. And the book shows you how to break those down into bite-sized pieces to actually accomplish them.
0: And so where can they get a copy of the book? How can they connect with you online? And where can my ladies follow you on social media?
3: So I am everywhere at Alicia Reese. And my parents got super excited with the spelling. So I'll spell it for you. It's A-L-E-C-H-I-A, last name Reese, R-E-E-S-E. And the book can be found um, on my website, www.eatingelephants.org.
0: This has been another game-changing episode of Confessions of a Workaholic, meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work. You already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to do what it takes. Thanks so much for tuning in. I love you. See you next week.
2: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.